target archery. Welcome to the Barebow Archery Podcast, and I'm your host, Glenn. It's been a while, yeah, we know, uh, but COVID and other business setting the prizes took precedent, so uh, we had a little bit of a sabbatical, but we're back again, and this week we've got Steve the Rookie Oakley. Steve is a Brit abroad, he's living over in the US in the state of Michigan, and he's just a rookie, a beginner, and he's been laying down some uh, great scores on the 3D circuit. So this week we speak to Steve all the way from uh, the UK over to his home in Michigan. And uh, unfortunately, uh, because we're time pressed these days and we've got literally an hour to get these podcasts done, uh, there was a little bit of a problem with the audio on Steve, um, but the message does cut through that uh, that Steve, all the information Steve's giving you, it's there. It cuts through. So just bear with us. Um, as I say, we were a bit time pressed, so we had to crack on despite the uh, despite the audio problem. But I hope you enjoy and I hope you learn something from uh, my chat with uh, Steve, the rookie Oakley. Do you want me to do an intro? Intro who I am, where I am. Oh yeah, yeah, that that would be cool. Yeah, because you don't, yeah, you, okay. you you, you uh, it's kind of deceiving if people don't know uh, who you are and where you are. So yeah, that would be cool. Gotcha. Yeah, all right. Off you go. Okay. All right. So I'm uh, I'm Steve Oakley. Um, I'm currently living in uh, in Michigan in the in the states. Um, I've been here for what day is it today oh look at this it's my seventh year anniversary today <laughs> congrats uh, of, 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 being, of being in the states um i'm a i'm a south south london but moved out to or well, the family moved out to bracknell so that's where i was born and raised bracknell and reading area um in berkshire um and uh i am 64 years old this year believe it or not how many? Um, How many? Yeah, 50, 54, yeah. Young yeah. at heart. A 54-year-old rookie. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I moved out to the States uh, seven years ago. I met, I, I met uh, an American lady um, in, uh, in Italy, actually, uh, uh, about 13 years ago now, 14 years ago now. And uh, we got married uh, over in, uh, in Italy. Had a couple of kids and uh, decided to move back out here. So she she's from Michigan, so we moved back to where her family is. And so been here been here seven years now. Um, and uh, I picked up a bow of any description for the first time only three years ago. Wow! And that was and that was uh, and that was just a compound bow because um, over here. Hunting is a hunting is a thing, you know. In yeah. Michigan, you know, hunting is a massive thing in the context around, obviously, um, you know, 
what, what you're hunting over here. It's generally turkey and white-tailed deer. Um, and uh, the Michigan DNR over here, the Department of Natural Resources, use use the hunting fraternity to keep a, a stock on the on the turkeys and the, and the deer. I mean, I, I saw a I saw a stack uh, uh, earlier on this month that was in the, the turn of the night of the 20th century, so 19, I think it was 1910, there was only 50,000, 50, uh, well, it was 5,000 white-tailed deer in Michigan. Um, last year, there was 500,000 white-tailed deer in Michigan. Wow. So as you can imagine, a big beast like that, there's carnage on the roads <laughs> all the time. There's... Uh, the, the the most uh, the most car accidents that happen are usually people hitting deer. So wow, um, never so knew that. Never knew that. Yeah, yeah, and that's 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 true to say across most of the U.S. Actually, whitetail populations are massive. Um, so the so the state Department of Natural Resources use hunting licenses to keep keep a control over these. They don't go out and cull the animals. They let the they let the local people um, do that you know, during the, during the, um, the seasons. So the white tail season over here starts from October until New Year's, New Year's day. Um, and it's, uh, it starts off with bow hunting through the, the whole of month of October. So any, any type of bow, um, and then, uh, there's a, there's a two week gun season and then they open up the bow season again for the end of the end of the season. So, so that's why I got into, got into a, a bow and it was compound bow it was purely just for hunting you know so you get you get venison on the ta table you can take a couple of a uh, couple of animals a year uh you get venison venison in, in your freezer it's good cool um, cool but because of that um i first my first did well my second sit in a tree stand for deer, uh hunting deer um i i took two two bucks in 10 minutes <laughs> my third set, which was the following season, I took a ten point on opening day, and none of those shots were more than twenty two yards. So I thought last year, February, I thought, oh, I'll, I'll do single string. A friend of mine was doing traditional archery. I'll do single string. So, um, so I picked up a a, a second hand bear grizzly at a car boot sale, and uh, and got practicing with that. Met some guys in. Uh, in the 3D competitions that were running during the summer. So, that, I mean, literally every weekend there's one archery club that's running some sort of 3D. Um, so I met some met some trad guys there. One of them turned out to be um, a guy called Ken Renus, you may, may know about. Um, he was uh, a silver medalist in the World Championships in, uh, in Canada uh, a few years ago. Yeah. Um, and he, he, he just down the road from me, so you know he 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 looked at my my appalling form and uh, gave me some tips, and uh, and then the next time I met him, I ended up dropping a thousand dollars on a bear boat rig. So wow, yeah, <laughs> straight into the um, deep end then. Yeah, exactly. So and and again, this week is another anniversary. This week is my first first anniversary for touching a bear bow of any description so wow cool so so i've been doing bear bow for a year now so and you're doing fantastic as well just tell us what kind of um 
Uh, aside from the hunting, I want to discuss your hunting rig uh, that you, a picture you posted on Facebook because it's got right. a, yeah. it's got a very um, British kind of feel to it. Oh, with yeah, the riser and the limbs. So uh, just just tell us a, a quickly about that before we kind of move on to your kind of competitive uh, barebow archery and how how yeah. far you've come in sh- such a short space of time. Yeah. So um, so the so the um, the hunting rig that I'm going to be using this year um is uh is a my boat riser so my boat pathfinder 19 inches um and it's got uh border limbs on so border hex uh 7.5 um that are pulling uh 40 pounds at 28 uh 28 inches um so that's the ring rig that i'm going to be using and uh that's kicking out some 610 grain arrows uh some 340 spine black eagles and it's pushing him 100, 175 feet per second. Absolute cannon it is. Um, and the Mybo riser is the reason I went for the Mybo riser because a friend, friend of mine was was selling a secondhand one. I, virtually all of my stuff's been secondhand. <laughs> Sounds you know, like I've, me. I've been, you know, <laughs> I always I've love a bargain. The, the, to be fair, my first bareboat rig was all brand new, but, um, but ever, ever since then it's all been all been secondhand. Considering I only picked up the first first string single string bow february last year i've got i've got 25 bows now whoa (laughs) (laughs) my wife my wife's giving me uh giving me grief and i've got three well saying that i've got a compound as well so yeah uh, yeah. i don't really count that (laughs) yeah so that's yeah so that that's my bow my bow pathfinder and the reason i've got that is because it's got a very forward handle um that uh, the throw to grip is in front of the front of the limb bolts and you know, speaking with uh, with Sid Ball, when I, when I can have when I can afford a tempest, I will probably get a tempest. But you know, this is the this is the next best because every every other, you know, like a Hoysatori and things like that, they, they they're much more of a flatter. There's not not as much deflex in them. So uh, um, so that's why I went for that. And, and man, those things, the board the border limbs in that uh, and that riser really uh, really make it a very pointy machine, and it. And it just it just stacks them. Really, really love it. Really love it. Cool, cool. I mean, you, um, you, you're talking all the talk. You're talking the uh, the deflex and all this. It's kind of a long way to come in a year. So, um, I mean, you sound like uh, that Ken's kind of taking you under his wing and taught you a few things. I mean, did you get did you get coached? Because you've been shooting some nah. some big <laughs> competitions. Um, Traditional Archery Society, Bowhunter World Championships. You've done um, yeah. NFAA. Was it nationals or was it sectionals? Yeah, so I've done, so done, you know, done nationals, uh, yeah. indoor nationals. Um, uh, hopefully going out to uh, Yankton next month for the for the outdoor nationals and the Dakota Classic and the Field and Hunter and all that, all that gubbins. Uh, yeah, Yankton's yeah. Uh, it's like thirteen hour drive, but you know, we're still going to do it. Um, no, I haven't had any coaching, no formal coaching at all. I mean, Ken's, you know, last, well, last year, put it this way, last year I, I did the 3D, the 3D rounds with him and, you know, a 30, 30 target course. Um, he, you know, two, two eighties, two nineties on a 30 target course, um, on 3D. And I, I was probably shooting what, two, two thirties, maybe two forties. Um, this year now I'm shooting high two eighties and two nineties. So, you know, and, it, cool. and it's all, it's all been a case of, yeah, he, he pointed out some things I was doing last year, but then I joined a, joined a local club 
not any not any coaching, but just a lot of practice all all during the winter. Um, luckily enough, our clubs were clubs were still open as long as you went through the protocols of social distancing. That stuff. But I shot um, from the month of October to the month of February. I shot over twelve thousand hours of scoring wow. hours. Wow! 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 That's so I was doing I was doing two hundred scoring hours a night, five days a week, wow. um, indoors. Cool. So I learned a lot of things about my form. I learned a lot of things about cheating, um, and uh, you know I I could tell what there was sort of some some instances where I would be shooting high at the end of the session. What, what is going on? And then I caught myself dipping my head in, and that just and then, then the light bulb went off, and you know, and then I, then I just basically changed my form because of that. Um, I did purchase uh, a, a very informative course called uh, Solid Artery Mechanics uh, by Tom Clum. Anybody gets a chance to do that? It's an online online course, and lots of lots of video I- inclusion in there. And uh, you know, Tom Clum Senior is over here is a is a bit of a guru when it comes to uh, trad arteries taking. He's taken the sort of uh, the KSL method and the, the, the Olympic style method and tried to convert it into a, into a bow hunter trad style um, for for the for those guys that want to shoot want to shoot wood wood bows at animals. That's that's basically what he's looked looked at. So he's brought that across for very much a bare bow a bare bow fraternity, and it's uh, it's really good the way the way he's laid it out. And I've taken that course course on board and I've watched a ton of YouTube and I watch a ton of really good shooters. I mean, the likes of Ken, uh, Dwayne Martin, Calvin Smock, you know, Ford Girard, all of those, all of those, you know, top class American shooters. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, obviously some, some of it's sticking cause, uh, um, Clearly, I, yeah. seem to, <laughs> I seem to be doing quite well. This year, so. Yeah, very well. Um, you did the um, the indoor online series, the uh, the World Archery yes, one I did, as well. Yeah. Um, just tell yeah. us how you got on in that. I mean, I know, but I just want you to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, there was four rounds. I think the first one was in November. So every every month there was a there was a, a weekend to a weekend to shoot it, and you shot at your own clubs, and it was a uh, it was a standard six hundred rounds, you know, on a feet to target. Um, and uh, yeah, the first uh, I did I missed out on the on the November one, so I didn't shoot the November one. November one, but the the December one when I was just I probably I was probably only two thousand hours in at that time. But the, the December one, um, what did I shoot? I think I shot a, a five forty something, four or five forty two or something like that, um, which I was super super pleased with, and that put me I think twentieth, twenty something. Um, lot, lot of really good shooters in that, but that still put me twentieth in the in the world competition out of about eight hundred people. I think. Um, not bad. Not Jan- bad. In, not, the, not, not a bad start. Not, <laughs> not a bad start. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then the January shoot, uh, I I got a better better score. I think it was a was it five forty six. I can't remember now. Um, and that put me fourteenth. Um, a bunch of guys didn't, you know, the, the likes of Demer and Dillinger didn't didn't shoot that that month. So, uh, you know, I probably was still win down twentieth, but you know, so I got fourteenth, fourteenth out of that one, about six hundred, and then uh, 
I finished off with a personal best, which I haven't, haven't managed to match yet, of uh, 556. Wow, um, very cool. In, in, very cool. In the February one, and that put me eighth. So nice it, gave, one. it gave me a t- gave me a tenth overall on all three on, on all three months. So not really not good. bad for a, for a, about a year in. Well, I, at that point, it was only six months. So. Oh, don't say that! <laughs> don't say that! People people will be selling their bows now. Going, I've I've been doing it ten years, and I, I'm I'm nowhere hey, near that. But to be fair, I shot a lot of arrows. Yeah, and is that the key? Do you think that is the key there that you practice? I think practice, I think practice. it's a, I think it's yeah I think it's a combination. I mean. I'm a bit of an engineer. Well, I am an engineer, you know, in profession. Um, so I can, biomechanically, I can work out why something happened. And I, I've not been able to see myself shoot that much, but I can feel myself shoot. And that, that solid artery mechanics course really goes heavily into that and, uh, and, and posture and uh, alignment and all that stuff. And I can... I can tell now because of the amount of arrows I have shot. I can tell what was a good shot and what was a bad shot, regardless of what happened at the other end. You know, where, where the impact of the arrow. If it was a good shot and I just aimed poorly, I could work that out. So the so the shot feedback is massive, and it is. But it is practice. I mean, it's muscle memory when it comes down to it. Um, you got a lot of guys talking about target panic. I don't feel that I have it. I don't want to label anything that I do have right mo- right at the moment because then if I label it, I've got to try and fix it. Um, so it, it's more of a case of I know I know if I've done a drive-by, if I've, if I've not aimed properly and taken the shot, and I know whether I didn't get back tension in or I didn't I didn't re- you know I didn't pull through the shot things like that. So I'm 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 learning every every day I'm learning, but I do shoot every day, so you know it gives me a chance to. Uh, to get to do that learning process great great stuff um on your sound at the minute we've got um it kind of goes up and down when it's good it's really good and when it's kind of a bit crap it's a bit crap but we're going to go with it because i'm kind of okay. under a time pressure so uh, okay and i will I'm try sure... and stay in one one position <laughs> <laughs> and i'm sure you've got better things to do than speak to me about um about Bearbo. um I just want to go back to um, uh, your kind of your learning process. Um, so you've taken the the solid archery mechanics, and, and this is kind of a for me. I, I, I don't want to kind of label and generalize, but if right at the start you start to do it the right way, that's an easier. It's just an easier start into archery. It's yes. you're not having to fix issues that have become ingrained in your Absolutely. in your shot. And Absolutely. It, it sounds like you kind of thought, I want to go for this, and then you picked up a coaching package, you picked up a bit of advice, and then you your practice was based on that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean the first the first time uh, Ken saw me shoot with this Bear Grizzly uh, 3D shoot, you know, I, I've I've watched some, I watched a bit of YouTube video and I've seen some guys shooting, you know, single string traditional bows, and you know, so I'm in I'm in the classic hunting pose, you know, knees knees bent, hunched over, canted bow, leaning into the shot, 
and I've taken taken the shot, and I've, I've had fun. Don't get me wrong; it was the first three D competition. I've had I've had a whale of a time. Um, but then I see these these barebow guys, and they're straight up and down, and they they look like an Olympic archer. They just don't have the size and stabilizers. They're, so they use that. How come they are so so more accurate? I know they've been doing it a long time. But how come they're so more accurate? than the old guy that's bending over and, and, and in the hunt, hunting stance. And I wanted to know why. I wanted to know, I know that I was in the traditional class, so I was tutting, tutting the knock, you know, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm aiming, I'm doing, you know, I didn't know what gap shooting was at that time. You know, I was doing sort of that. I wasn't quite extinct, instinctive because I just hadn't shot enough arrows. So I, I researched into different aiming methods and I looked into string walking and I thought, well, string walking, maybe that's the way to go to be super accurate. But then there's certain classes that you can't be in. But I've taken the bare bow stance and, and, and style and I've taken that into all of my shooting. So even, even when I'm, I'm up a tree stand, I'm still making sure my posture's right and I'm, I'm making sure that my alignment's right and I'm not canting the bow. And, that, and that's why, you know, that's why I've picked that particular riser for my hunting rig because it's cut well past center. I can put a springy rest on there. I can tune it so it's perfect center shot. So now the only thing that's gonna, gonna change the shot is me, is my back alignment. And as opposed to me trying to tune a bow that has that has got the arrow pointing way off to the right hand side because and I need a 600 spine arrow to get it round that riser for the archer's paradox having a cent true center shot bow has helped me with that but I ch I've chosen not to go into the, the hunting guy's stance and, and, and mannerisms of, of, of shooting with the canted bow and things like that um, but I've watched a lot of video I've watched a lot of people do that and I decided that I was gonna, I was gonna go down the the, the stand up, the stand up approach, and I do that with the longbow as well. So it might not look pretty to the the old school fraternity, but um, it's pretty damn effective. And that's what you want. It's not a, it's not like rhythm rhythmic gymnastics. We're not getting scores <laughs> no, for exactly interpretation that. and uh, and you know a routine. Yeah. It's it, it's it's yeah. about what happens at the at the target and the and the more you can make what happens at the target count by yeah doing doing it right um yeah. that that's that's the that, that's the thing we're not we it's not about you know you have to wear the plaid shirt and um you know have a particular type no, of beard it's, it, to, exactly to, to, that, to have yeah. to have that kind of exactly. we need to look right rather than yeah. shoot an arrow yeah i mean i and and you know i'm just, when I'm at the club and I'm, we're shooting indoor indoor paper paper league, you know we're doing feeder and NFAA leagues, and I'm the only recurve in the room. And there's 30 other compound guys that, that are um, shooting three spots, and I'm shooting a single spot. And then every week, and literally the, for the for the month of January, every every uh, shoot that we did, I got a Robin Hood. Cool. <laughs> I literally got a Robin Hood. Four week, uh, four weeks in a row, because I'm shooting shooting single spot, and these guys are looking at me thinking, and I'm beating a lot of the the compound bow hunter guys, the guys that are just that, that have got a pin sight, you know, but they're they're shooting compounds, 
and they're looking at me as, well, how's this, how's this guy doing this? You know, because they've not, because most of the guys in the, in that that shoot recurve are old school guys that have got their black widows or their bear, bear grizzlies, and they're, you know they're they're shooting hunting style, you know, instinctive style, throwing a throwing a baseball type style, and then uh, because I haven't shot enough, I couldn't, I could I couldn't go, I couldn't do this instinctive. I probably could do a little bit of that now, but I I want to be, I want to stack arrows. I don't. I don't want to spread an arrows around a, around a target, especially when I've only got one shot to make on a on a deer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, shooting with the people, I, I've seen stuff on Facebook. Um, you're shooting with Ken Renus, Paul Helms, yeah. Fawn Gerard, John Demmer, yeah. Um, yeah. those kind of guys. Do you think having that as well as as the kind of you've obviously got a mindset there, um, and it comes across, you know, you're very focused. And you've, when you've decided to go down this path, you've decided to do it the right way. It's a fantastic, like you were saying, you're an engineer. It's kind of an engineering mindset. Um, and yeah. the same with the bow and setting up the bow. Um, again, very, right, I'm going to fix this. And then, you, you, know, you know, you alluded to the fact that we're not going to tune a bow for poor form. What, what's the point of that? Like, let's get, yeah. you, get your form sorted and then tune a bow that shoots um, darts straight in the middle. Um, yeah. So that that side we kind of catered for in terms of just shooting around other shooters that are at, you know, a high level. Do you think that's kind of, once you've kind of got up to, um, you know, you've got your good form nailed down. I mean, if you're shooting 540s and 550s indoors, that's that indoor round is like, it's a form round. It's a consistency. It's repeatability. Yeah. It's mental game. Yeah. It's probably a little bit of tuning, but it's more of good form, you know, strong bow arm and, you know, mental strength as well. Yeah. To to stick with it and constantly just not deviate from the path of putting them right in the 10, right in the middle on that 40 centimetre target. Um, Surrounding yourself or or being around other, you know, top shooters, how do you think um, that helps? Because I've interviewed some of the Swedish guys and they say, Oh, we don't have any coaches. We've just got like each other and they've got a, yeah. a real, a real depth going back, you know, in Bebo, especially going back to, you know, the nineties. Um, and they can, you can be around these people and you can learn from them. You can look at them and you can see, you, you can pick things up from the best. How do you think yes. that's helped you? Well, I think, um, <sighs> Yeah, my my analytical brain helps because I can I can I can my my wife's a, a, a show jumper in horse riding. Um, I I'm not a show jumper in horse riding, but I can understand when I look at her the biomechanics of her and the horse on how on how she how she does what she does, and and I could pick up oh well she missed a stripe, and it just seems to be an eye that I that I have. I mean in the uh, in the army and the army cadets, which I well, which I was in for uh, 25 years, I I was teaching. I was teaching skills. I was teaching physical skills. I'm a, I'm a whitewater kayak instructor and a, cl- a mountain climber, but I was also a rifle coach. And understanding the the rifle coaching really helped me massively. Where I could, I I know that me as a me as a rifle shooter, 
I'm just a tripod for that rifle. That rifle's gonna is tuned and it's gonna it's gonna go where it's told told to point. And it's all about the weapon must be pointing naturally at the target without any undue physical effort because the recoil's just gonna move, you know, send it off in a different direction if it's different every time. And I've brought that mentality across onto the onto the the archery. But I'm able to I, I have a bit of a knack of, being, of looking at somebody else shooting and thinking, well, how are they doing that? What are they doing? Are they are they getting into alignment? Are they getting into back tension? Did they pluck the string? What's their release like and all that good stuff? I can't see necessarily what they're aiming at, but I can see whether they're whether they, you know, they jump they jump the string when they when they when they, they let loose. Was it was it a good follow through and things like that? Being around those top class shooters gives you a good a good thing to look at to understand what they're doing. If I was around necessarily, if I was if I was shooting with a bunch of, bunch of uh, com- completely beginners, but I wouldn't know where to start. I would, do you, if you get if you if you look at something that's the not the perfect form because nobody I wouldn't say anybody is is per- perfect form. But if you look at a good form, you can you can try and replicate it in your mind's eye. If you look at a bunch of bad form, you wouldn't know how to fix it as a beginner. Yeah. So I yeah. think that's that's helped massively. And until you get into the into the sort of championship round and the shoot offs and all that good stuff, the bare bow fraternity and and the traditional archery fraternity, you know, in in its entirety, everybody's everybody's up for giving people feedback on what they what they saw you know when you took a shot what what were you doing you know we each help each other with you know oh you you crept a little bit there you you collapsed a little bit there or you you know you 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 flinched you plucked you know you you can everybody after that shot everybody says oh great shot good result but you know if you need if you need that that encouragement i mean i i've been so grateful the fact that i've been around these guys and uh you know i won on the traditional archery society world championships a couple of weekends ago i was with fawn as the t- uh, in the team competition and and we smashed it out of the park and she helped me immensely through that through that process and that that six arrow shoot off you know because i'm s- trying to range targets that's something new to me, but it's something that's not new to her. So I'm I'm taking her advice. Oh, that's a 23 yard elk that we're looking we're, we're looking to shoot, you know. So I can string walk and I get the get the ranks. So, but but being around these these guys that have been doing this for years and are top of their game, I'm all I'm all for asking asking questions. I'm still the rookie, you know. I'm asking questions. <laughs> Every time we go out, and I shoot with Ken most weekends, and I'm asking him about tuning because he's a border man. Yeah, you know, yeah, and you know, and we, and and that's how I I picked up a border limb because I thought, oh wow, this this thing's amazing. You know, when he he's a left-handed, which is which is really a pain in the butt because I can't shoot. His, <laughs> his but but it, at least I can feel what the draw cycle feels on that, and and the border the border limbs are just just incredible. You know, and that, but that helps. And we're all, we we all get together and we all chat amongst each other. When the, everybody starts talking about target panic and gripses and, and, and all that stuff, I try to walk away from it because yeah. I don't do want to get into finger, that. Do you put your fingers in your ears? 
Yeah, I, no, I just, no, 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 I can't I, hear you, can't hear you. <laughs> I, I don't want to get into that rat hole because cause it is it's going to be that. It, it's going to happen eventually. Target panic's going to happen eventually. And then I'll have, to, I'll have to deal with it then, but I don't want to deal with it while I haven't got it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, moving on swiftly, we won't talk about that. that, yeah. that I've got plenty of other podcasts if, if anyone wants to listen to stuff about Target Panic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's been done to death, I think, now. Um, yeah, yeah. So in, in terms of your um, kind of main your main gear, your main setup, um, yep. what, what are you running at the minute for 3D archery? Because is that 3D archery, is that your kind of main thing? Yeah, well, it was. Oh, it was. <laughs> not so, it was. It was not. I mean, so I started, and my first my first rig that I picked up was a Mybo. I got a Mybo Wave. Oh yeah. I got some uh, Galaxy Gold Star limbs. Um, I got a. Uh, I had a Spigarelli rest, Spigarelli, uh, and and a, a WNS plunger. Um, that was my first rig, and I still got that hanging up and. Now and again, I I pick it up and I shoot it with shoot it just to just to see what the difference is. And then I for the indoor indoor season, I shot that one for a little bit with some um, win and win uh, RCX 100s, 34 pounds, and I was shooting that for the first half of the uh, of the indoor season. But then I then I picked up a, a second hand Spigarelli uh, BB riser off the of Fawn, actually off Fawn Gerard, and I and I shot that, and that's what I shot most of most of the 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 actual competition um sessions the nfaa and uh and uh and the world the world online stuff so that's why i shot indoors cool um uh but then uh what was it february when the outdoor season's just about to start um i picked up a second hand uh hoyt exceed uh 25 inch uh and i've got a biter plunger and a uh, and a sniper rest on that right now for for three. I start. I, I was using the RCX uh, 100 um, in 38 pounds for that initially, until I managed to get a second hand set border border hexes, and that's what. So that's what I'm running right now. So border hex 7.5, 40 pounds, Hoyt C 25 inch, biter and sniper, um, and a 60x string, and I'm shooting. Um, I'm shooting uh, uh, Black Eagle ramp- Rampages, but that's because uh, I got offered a, a, an, an arrow contract through uh, Three Rivers Archery, who's a, a traditional uh, uh, supplier over here. Are they one of your sponsors, uh, Three Rivers? Yeah. When we say sponsor, I mean, they, they asked me to shoot, you know, pro shooter, but they, they, they're they they're big in the longbow, longbow recurve over here. They're, they're probably the biggest... Uh, the biggest uh, supplier of longbow and recurve okay, stuff over yeah. here. Cool, yeah. cool. Um, in terms of your shot process, um, yep. I'm sure you've got a shot process because anyone who's decent's got a shot process um, and a mental process as well. Um, yeah. Can you just talk us through them? Do you know what? I wouldn't necessarily say I've got an absolutely nine-step process. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's much more of a because I've shot so many so many arrows that I will I guess I, I I'm, I'm not delineating every 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 part of the the, the process um, I do use that solid artery mechanics and uh, and and 
if I'm if I'm I guess if I'm shooting shooting practice and trying to trying to fine tune my form, I will go through a complete process every single shot. But when we get out when we get out to three D, because um, that's what I'm predominantly doing at the moment. But I, we'll talk about what um, what the plans are during the summer for the rest of the summer. You know, I'll 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 stand. I'll get to the stake. I've I've eyeballed the the target prior to getting to the stake, so I've got a rough idea uh, of of what we're looking at. Um, and I'll I'll get to the stake. I'll try and judge the distance. I mean, if the if the competition is is open for a known known distance, then I'll get the rangefinder out and range the distance. If not, then it will be a it will be a distance judge. I'll work out what I'm doing there. Um, I make sure my my feet are set. Um, you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm side onto the target. Maybe sometimes a little bit of an open stance, depending on the on the terrain. Um, but then it's a case of looking looking through to find the binos, finding a point. You know, finding a point that I can I can see without the binoculars um, to, to to actually aim at. And if it's not where I want to hit, then I'll I'll work out from that point where where I want to be aiming. My tune at the moment is set up for um, a field and hunter round. So, you know, I'm shooting shooting the spot targets at various different distances, and I know that if I lollipop that that spot, then I'll hit you know either an inch above that spot for the smaller ones, or the or inch and a half, two inches for the bigger spots. So I need to I need to take that into account when I'm doing 3D because I'm using the same rig. So, um, but I'll pick a point on the target. I'll I know what the range is now. I'll crawl to that. Big deep breath. Um, bow arm comes up. I then lint fairly linear draw. Get myself into into my back. Um, when I'm when I'm com- confident, I'm in, in my back. Um, then I'll I'll let the pin float. Um, effectively, the, the the arrow floating on the point. Um, keep on pulling. Keep on pulling. Expand. When I'm happy, arrow's gone, and then you know, just see what the result is. Yeah, cool, excellent. And in terms of your mental process, um, yeah, what can what are you thinking about in those kind of critical seconds just before the arrow goes, and and just after the arrow goes? Do you kind of evaluate your shot? Uh, you know, is it? Yeah. So, so a lot of the mental process is because the bear, the the, the rig is set up for shooting spots. Um, I have to be mindful of the point I've picked on the target to aim at is not necessarily where the arrow is going to land. So, okay, okay. And just explain and, that, yeah. Know, just explain that because uh, that's yeah, interesting. So, so if so if I'm if I'm shooting, for instance, I'm shooting a field and hunt around, and I've got, a, I'm you know, I'm taking a twenty yard shot. I've got a spot that's maybe two and a half centimeters diameter now my aiming system is my arrow will lollipop the bottom of that spot no different to what i would do if i was doing indoor indoor target a 40 uh, 40 centimeter target you know i'm i'm lollipopping the gold indoors. just ex- just explain lollipopping this is just okay, for matt so- zones i think <laughs> yeah, exactly. he, lo- he loves that yeah. term apparently um yeah yeah but it's just so- something that because people imagine that that everyone 
aims the bow or, re- or references the arrow the way that they do it. And quite often it's yeah. completely different. I've, I yeah. saw one guy who, um, and he was quite, he's quite, he's a high level shooter as well. He literally yeah. puts the arrow level with the target, but off to the right. Yes. That's um, quite a compound style that is. Yeah, uh, yeah. A, lot, a lot of guys shoot, shoot compounds with lenses and uh, they want to be out to see what they're aiming at. So they aim off to the side and tune it that way. Yeah. So, so lollipop for me, you know, indoors or outdoors because I, because I shot a ton of indoor paper, that's my aiming method now. You know, if it was, if I hadn't shot a bunch of paper and I was just doing 3D then I'd probably be a different style, but um, so I will tune my, my crawls or my, or my aiming method to, to be, I'm gun. I'm literally gun barreling the arrow. My 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 string alignment is. I'm looking through the string down the arrow to the target. I'm not off to the side. I can use a bit of string blur to if I if I'm getting some left and left and right misses for for some reason or the winds winds in there. Then I'll you I'll I'll go left or right of the string depending on the on on which way I need to need to go. But my I'm looking straight down the arrow. And I'm using the tip of the arrow, and I'm bringing that up so it just touches the bottom of the center spot of my target. So if I'm shooting a spot target, and because that's my aiming method, I know that when I when I tune for a 20-yard crawl, and I touch the bottom of uh, the bottom of the dot, I know that my arrow is going to land an inch and a half high of that. Of, of the bottom of that spot. Does right. that make sense? Cool. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes uh, right. so perfect I'm, sense. So I'm tuned at that. And obviously when we do field and hunting, you go out to the longer dis- the longer ranges, you know, I'm still using a spot in the distance and I'm still trying to lollipop because it's really difficult to try and go halfway up that, that spot and find a find your proper reference point because you know, at 80 yards, it's <laughs> you really can't do that on a field and hunter. And then when you're doing 50 meters, you really can't say that I'm halfway along uh, the halfway up the gold. So I'll I'll only pop that. Now that that's fine when you do it spots, but when you're doing 3D and I'm trying to aim at the 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 scoring rings that you can't physically see yeah. on a target, yeah. Yeah. you're really just looking at hopefully a hopefully a bit of a shot out piece where the compound guys have nailed it all the time, you know, and, you, yeah. and you're some kind of that sort of some mark on there that, that you can use yeah. as a reference. Yeah. So if, if the compound guys have nailed the 11, the center, the center of the thing all the time, then that's all, that's all chewed up. Well, that's fine. If I aimed there though, if I aimed at that particular point, I'm going to aim, I'm going to land two inches high and I'm going to be out of, out of the 11 ring, probably stay in the 10, you know, that's, that's a good thing. But I'll come down just a smidge, or I'll take a little bit off my crawl. Okay, because my uh, my yeah, my tab my tab is marked out at five five yard increments. Yeah. So I can with it, and because I've got a fairly high anchor as well, you know, I probably on. I don't know if you guys know about Yoast the Yoast tabs. Yeah, we've um, got them over got here. The, yeah. So um, you know, a a five yard to me is probably one of the small marks okay okay cool okay so anyone who's got so, a yoast tab one one yep. small mark five yards yeah that's five yards for me yeah um and i and i know that it, you know if it's a 20 yard shot 
Um, but the chewed out part is right in the in the top of the eleven. Well, I'll take a yard off that, and I'll and I'll hopefully get in the eleven. Doesn't happen all the time, but it's better to aim somewhere where I think it's going to hit the eleven than aim somewhere where I know it's not going to hit the eleven. So that's that's what I do there. So that's what that's my aiming process. So three D is three D is obviously a bit more of a I'm trying to hit a particular spot. So I may take a take a yard off, or I might just say, okay, well I'm gonna I'm gonna aim a little bit low on that. And uh, say last year I would be in a 30 yard target, so I'd, I'd maybe get six six or seven fives. Now I'm super upset if I get a five in a in a round. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I'm you know so I'm, I'm I, I have imp- I've improved immensely, shall we say, from last year. And in terms but, of but, your but, but paper, but paper shooting paper spots has has made my improvement. Yeah, yeah. Not shooting three D, shooting paper spots has made my improvement. And and what do you what do you put that down to? Kind of increasing your consistency in terms yeah, of your aim and your form yeah. and your hold. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm basically shooting when I shoot those spot targets indoors. I'm upset if I'm not slacking. Because it means if I'm not slapping arrows, I'm not doing the same thing every shot. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's transferred over to your 3D then, that that, yeah. that increase in consistency and accuracy. Yeah, yeah. And, and obviously over. over here, over here on the, the on the 3D circuit, unlike the World Archery circuit, we only have one arrow at each, distance, uh, at each animal. And it has so to count, can't, yeah. So you can't send a sighter and yeah. say, oh yeah, my crawl's off there, I'm gonna, uh, I'll, I'll put in a little bit extra on that. You have one shot. That's it. It's one shot, and that's it. Yeah, that's the same. So, we have uh, NFAS um, here as well. Right. Uh, it's a yeah. separate society, and it's 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 like IBO. It's it is three yeah. D. That is it. Yeah. They do um, paper faces, animal animals on uh, paper faces. They have a chance right, okay. for that, but it's a one arrow deal. Usually thirty six yeah. or forty targets. Um, mm-hmm. You do get to shoot again, but the thing is, if you want to get anywhere with it if you want to progress with it you have to be kind of nailing the uh yeah well what they don't call it the 10 they they they, they attribute different a different point system um right. to it and th- there's three pegs if you if you miss the target then you go to the next peg but really yeah so, ble- so you're we absolutely have, um, bleeding points out there so yeah uh, it's so we, so we have target at, in the middle first time yeah, so we so we have the same thing over here. It's called the NFAA field round. Yeah, uh, the, the 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 animal round on the on the field and hunter circuit, and that's the same thing, the same same deal there. You know, you you you've got three scoring ring, three scoring areas, and if, you know if you miss, you move to the next peg, but your you, you, you scores are much much lower for the for the same uh, yeah. same area. Yeah. Bench, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's very popular the 3D with them. The, the, the organisation is smaller than the World Archery uh, organisation, right? Um, yeah. But in terms of active shooters at comps, it's uh, yeah, you know, it's pretty busy. Um, I mean, COVID's killed a lot of places. A lot of places have lost their um, their woodland. Um, right. They've had rent increases, or they've they've you know they've had. The farmer, yeah. the landowners just decided, nah, don't want anyone on anymore. Because yeah. um, it's changed a lot of people's kind of mindsets and they just can't be bothered anymore. So, yeah. it's, which it's, is a shame, real a shame. shame. Yeah. I think over here we've been, we've been extremely lucky that, you know, we we had, there was, there was 
the indoor season um, and, and COVID, COVID put pay to some of those indoor shoots, but other, other clubs picked it up and things like that. And then some of the some of the clubs decided, okay, instead of to, instead of us doing indoor paper leagues, we're going to do outdoor 3D in the snow. And you know, everybody got out, managed to have a shoot because we weren't anywhere close to being restricted in lockdown as you guys. So, yeah, yeah. You know, it's been it's been. Fair. And to be fair, COVID was the thing that got me into archery because I'm a fly fisher, and you know, I'd I'd be either on a river or 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 out on the, out on the boat fishing for other musket or salmon and steelhead um but because covid hit every man and their dog was on the boat ramp or they were on the river and it, it, it just got frustrating so i said i need to find something else to do um that that's going to give me a bit of peace of mind and keep my head straight and uh yeah i picked up i picked up the bow and uh yeah there you go <laughs> yeah, the rest now. is the rest is history <laughs> now, now i haven't touched a, i haven't touched a fly rod in a year it's, it's crazy <laughs> It is kind of addictive, yeah. Yeah. Um, just kind of wrapping up, um, I, I just want to ask you kind of where you see, see yourself going with your archery in the future and, um, and, and, and any advice for new shooters? Because obviously you're like kind of right in at the start. You're the, like you say, you're yeah. the rookie. And yeah. quite a lot of people kind of, you know, if they've been in a sport 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, they, they forget what it was like at the start. Um, yeah. So, by the sounds of it, you're kind of you you made the you made the commitment at the at the start, and you wanted to do it right. So I'm just kind of interested in what kind of where you see yourself in the future, and 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 you know, for anyone interested in getting in, or just kind of dabbling in single string, what you know, what advice would you give them? So, see, so the advice for for newcomers into the sport is don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of of of, of making you're not going to make a fool of yourself when you turn up with a single string to a 3d competition or a target competition because this that i guarantee you the person that's standing next to you that's got this two thousand pound bow was in your position at some point in time yeah they missed the target they've 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 lost some arrows you know they 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 would have been there and i can guarantee you that that person standing next to you that is high class shooter if you ask them a question about how do I do this, they will give you a good answer. They don't be afraid to ask the questions. That's that's what it's all about. I mean, I've I've asked. I mean, I I'm so lucky that I, you know Ken Ken's a, a shooting buddy. Ken Ken Rennie's a shooting buddy because yeah. he's quite analytical and he's he's in the forefront of of uh, of, of helping bow bow designers design bows that. Uh, that competition archers want to see. You know, he, he's he's helped um, with with border in in the geometry of the of of their you know their their um, instinctive class um, risers. Yeah, you know yeah, he's yeah. been he's you know and and they'll give they, these top class shooters will give you will give you the time of day, and they and they they just want they want to get more people in the sport because. You know, the more barebow guys we get playing, the more chance we've got of world archery taking taking a, a notice and opening up more competitions that include barebow. Because most yeah. of the competitions in the, in the states, it, you're either a compound shooter or you're an Olympic recurve shooter. Yeah, there's yeah. you know, barebow is the is is becoming much more popular. So that so 
World Archery and uh, USA Archery are helping helping add that class to the to the thing. So, yeah, get out there if you if you if you want to start it up, just get out there and go shoot and find. Go and stand next to one of these guys who's got this these you know the, the shooting lights out and ask them questions. They'll give you answers. Not not when he's at full draw though. No, 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 it is fully for full draw. But with regards where I want to go to in the, in the future, you know, this is this is my rookie season. This is this is the first year I've done. I mean, last year I shot the Digital Archery World Championships because it was in September, and I came away hungry for more because I missed out on four World Championship belts by the skin of some, my teeth or somebody else's. You know, I came away with one third, and I could have I could have come away with four belts and. You know, I, it made me hungry to go back for more, and I did this year, and I came away with two, two world championships belt, belts and a, and a second place. And uh, you know that again, that second place has made me hungry to go back and do it again. You know, so so I want to keep on doing doing those type of tournaments. I missed out on a couple of a uh, couple of the big IBO tournaments for traditionals, um, purely for the fact it's. It, it, you know, transportation over here is for for me to drive to one of the shoots. It's you know, it's a ten-hour journey to get down, and you yeah. can stay down all weekend and all that stuff. But I will be doing some more of those next year for sure. But my my ultimate goal goal is to shoot for a country. <laughs> the unfortunate thing is for me to shoot for my native country, Archery GB. Um, I have to I have to complete qualifying scores in the in the UK. Right. And yeah. Obviously yeah. Yeah. COVID and travel restrictions has just put put an absolute stop to that. Yeah. You yeah. know, I'm 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 probably I can almost say that I probably get the qualif- qualifying scores required, but it's just a case of getting 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 that application in and 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 pleading with someone to uh, to let me play the game. Um, right. So, what the, what are you going the, after in terms of world archery for representing your country? So, what, what disciplines? I'd I'd, lo- I'd love to do three D, but yeah. because the in the US they don't do any world archery uh, sanctioned events. They're all either IBO or ASA or traditional archery society or NFAA. Um, it's not you know it's not a world archery sh- sanctioned event because for, for num number one it's all in imperial distances yeah 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 <laughs> so so that's not so so 3d is going to be really difficult for me to qualify unless i do get a chance to come over to the uk and uh and and shoot a couple of tournaments there um but my plan to go to yankton um which is the nfaa headquarters is to shoot the fielder hunt around which is it may not be a world archery sanctioned event but i'll be up against world-class competition like, yeah, yeah. You know, Demer, Demer, and Dillinger, and if I can, if I can hang with those guys, that at least should give me some brownie points. Um, but then there's also two other events: there's the Dakota Classic, which is again, it's in yards. It's you know, it's a it's a feeder style target, uh, 40, 50, and 60 yards. Um, it's like a 900 round. Uh, but then they have the indoor national, or sorry, the outdoor nationals, which is a 50 meter event, and that's that's a world record capable event. So again, if I can post a decent score in that, then it hopefully gives me some brownie points. And then later on in uh, uh, end of August, we're going down for the, for the nationals, uh, the outdoor nationals 
down in West Virginia, which is where um, the Olympic trials will be on as well. So, um, yeah, so it's, I'd love to shoot for Great Britain. I'd absolutely love to shoot for Great Britain, but it's a case of uh, getting the qualif- qualifying scores in the UK, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and with COVID, it's been very difficult um, over here to to even organise a shoot. I mean, we, effectively, yeah. once the first kind of uh, coronavirus, the first lockdown started um, in the UK and, and, and quite a few places in Europe, everything stopped. You know, life stopped, never mind archery, yeah. just everything yeah, stopped. Absolutely. Um, yeah. and, and that here, I, mean, I don't know what the experience was uh, elsewhere in Europe, but that was like three months of just nothing. Um, yeah. Like you were saying about... Um, Everyone, every man and his dog being down on the river. Um, yeah. I, I live next to the the sea. I've got a lovely, like, huge, long, um, sandy coastline. And yeah. uh, every man and his dog was on the beach. <laughs> so yeah. we were, like, looking yeah. for places to, to disappear and kind of get yeah. away from. Um, because, I mean, you, you know... You know, England, Britain, it's a small place with a big it population. Is. And it when it gets busy, it gets busy and there's nowhere oh, yeah. to park for miles yeah. and miles. So we yeah. used to just disappear off in land. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, I'm lucky I've got, a, I've got a backyard out here where I, I can do 50 metres. So. Cool. That's, that's, um, it's nice, nice to have that facility, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, once we kind of got back, it was very, you know, it was baby steps. Um, a yeah. lot of two-day events got cut down to one day. Um, yeah. uh, field shoots 3D WA 3D WA field um, yeah. we all got cut down to one day and it was a very limited entry so yeah. for me I live I've got a similar situation when you were saying you know you've got a 10 hour drive I live up near the Scottish border so yeah. most of the um, 3D and field events are down on the south coast, which for me is about a seven-hour drive. Right. It's not that yeah. far in, t- in mileage yeah. terms, but no. traffic's busy. There's yeah, always yeah, road absolutely. work. So, yeah. you know, sometimes I can be sat in the car for seven hours. We've got yeah. a few kind of what I call local ones, which are two hours away. Um, right. But they're, they generally don't have a permanent course. Uh, it's just right. a cor- It's a one-off course for a yeah. particular event. Um uh, and there's only the NFAS locally, which yeah. isn't sanctioned to world archery. It's its own standalone yeah. body, just doing its own thing. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm lucky that I'm, yeah. I'm I'm probably shooting three 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 competitions a weekend. Right. Oh, right. You know, I you know I've got you know, maybe a two hour drive to one, and then I'll 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 bolt back home to that, and then I'll have one that's maybe only an hour away, and I'll shoot that in the morning, and then go down to another one in the afternoon. So. You know, I I, I should uh, I'll shoot three three tournaments uh, three competitions a weekend because it's a big thing over here. But I'm generally the only bare bow or trad guy there. Right. Um, right. It's all it's all compound guys. You yeah. Know? So, I mean, it dominates because of the hunting, because of the kind yeah, of absolutely. You know, absolutely. It, there's a definite scene with it, and you see it on kind of yeah. Facebook, YouTube, any of the social yeah. media that it's very dominated by. Yeah. Because that's where they make the big money. They don't make money from target absolutely. archers. They make money from Absolutely. hunters because there's more hunters yeah. and it's yeah. it's a big business. Outdoor the outdoor yeah. lifestyle is a big thing in America. So yeah, I yeah. and they get a little upset when I beat them, but that's, yeah. that's <laughs> by the way. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure having you on, Steve. I do apologise to the listeners for the little technical difficulties. Um, 
when Steve's audio is great, it's great, and it's kind of dropping out a little bit. But yeah, um, I apologise. No, it's not. It's not your fault. I mean, I could have stopped and started again, but it's a time pressure thing. I, I don't get yeah, a lot of time sure. to do the podcast these days. Um, so uh, I'm hoping that you know, for anyone out there, there's a lot of useful stuff there. It was certainly uh, very interesting talking to you, and uh, I'm a, oh, little, a little bit jealous. A little bit jealous that you managed to kind of get where you were in a year. It's kind of yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been it's quite humbling to be asked asked to talk about it because I say I did feel myself. I st- I, I still feel like the rookie, yeah. you know, you know, and uh, there are guys out there that've been shooting, shooting tens of years, and uh, and and they're asking me how I'm doing. They're they're, they're amazed when when I say that I've been doing it for a year. So, um, hey, that's cool. That's cool. It's arrows. Just shoot a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I've been doing this evening. Um, up at three uh, thirty a.m. Work till about. I got home at kind of lunchtime and then uh, did a little bit of paperwork for an hour and then straight out doing some blank bail because yeah. I couldn't yeah. get down to uh, couldn't get down to the range to shoot. So uh, the three D target stayed in the shed and uh, and uh, just <laughs> yeah. shot in the, shot into me shot into my uh, my uh, phone boss at yeah. two or three meters away just to just to get some arrows in. Um, yeah. I'm also so. I'm also fortunate. I've got I've, I've got a shooting partner that my is my ten year old daughter. So she's oh, that's got, very cool. She's got a full size full size twenty five inch riser, but it's the the bow is like twice the twice the height of her. So, but she 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 helped me set up three D course in the back garden yesterday. So, nice one, nice one. Yeah, my daughter did um, uh, her course, but then COVID hit, and uh, that was the end of that. So she just sneaked it in. Um, before kind of COVID took over, but then she's not right. shot for a year. So I've no, been promising to get her out on an NFAS yeah. course in the in the in the not too distant future and get her set up with a bow. But pl- absolute pleasure speaking to you, Steve. Um, yeah, thanks, Glenn. Thanks that I'd say on. humbling, humbling, humbling to be asked. But I'm glad to, uh, you know, if I can get somebody else into the sport because of because of being being the rookie and uh, it's not it's not scary out there, people. <laughs> just, just don't you don't stand in front of the pointy end. That's the only thing. Yeah, cool. Thank you very much. Cheers, mate. Cheers, Dan.